What's up guys, here with you FC Wonder Kid, episode 122 here with my guy Bretson. How are you? I'm tired. I'm tired. Vacation is over here. The summer is over here. And uh, nothing better than a very, very busy international slate of games. And I believe the Ballon d'Or uh, nominees were actually announced and the Copa Trophy, which I know us here at FC Wonder Kid are most excited about. But we've got a lot to talk about today. A lot of underperforming national teams, a lot of overperforming national teams. And I don't know, I think we're going to have enough time. We're, we're shooting for what, three, four Four hours of a uh, podcast today. Uh, we'll fill. <laughs> we'll talk everything in an hour. Don't scare the viewers, people. But if you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening to our weekly podcast and you love to listen to it, don't forget every Monday at six o'clock Portuguese time, it's out. And like this video to say to us that you are enjoying our Monday show. But first, big topic. Yep. You said we're going to talk about Ballon d'Or too. But our first big topic is England national team has limited sure. potential if Gareth Southgate is coaching. It's clear as day. Harry Maguire has more minutes played for England than for Manchester United. I see some pundits yeah. saying Lewis Dunk doesn't deserve to play. What? Like, how would he deserve to play with how he's playing at Brighton? And I would even go to the stretch to say Maguire is playing, and I know he never let England down, but having low minutes or no minutes at Man United and putting a Levi Colville can that is the future. That is the future of England. I would a hundred percent give more minutes to Levi Colville than to Harry Maguire. Look what happens with Portugal with Antonio Silva. We're trusting the youth yeah. because it's gonna give us big time results. Levi Colville has that world-class potential. So that is yeah. my first point. I got to talk about England. 1-1? One, one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I un I understand. And you got to give credit to Ukraine on, on, on a relatively decent, I'd say decent defensive performance because their attack was not necessarily uh, the best. But yeah, when it comes down to it, I, I, do, I generally agree with you. I, I agree with you in this Southgate point. But... But to be honest, if underperformance or if a limited performance is a, mm, I don't know, Euro final and a World Cup semifinal, then I do feel Gareth Southgate maybe deserves a little benefit of the doubt here. <laughs> but, but oh. to rip my own, to rip my own point apart, Alex, to rip it apart into shreds, I do have to mention that, yes, Southgate taking out Jude Bellingham uh, instead of taking out Jordan Henderson. Um, I did not. I did not understand that at all. Unless you're going to tell me right now that it was injury based, it was precautionary. Then okay, I'll drop my case. Mm. But him taking out Jude Bellingham made no sense whatsoever to me. Uh, while leaving a guy like Jordan Henderson in late in that game. Um, so and and Pickford didn't exactly cover himself in glory in this particular game either. But uh, I I just don't know how much of that no, no, traces itself no. back to Southgate and his limitations. But uh, I'm like 50-50 in the camp with you that they are definitely limited uh, from here on out. But again, Euro final, World Cup semifinal. So you're telling me that if it wasn't Gareth Southgate and it was somebody else, mm -hmm. They would have won that Euros, and they would have gotten to the final at least. The I would. I think if it saying? was somebody else right now, they would beat Ukraine right now with the team that they have. That's what I think okay. right now. Because the expectations <laughs> are, if Gareth Southgate <laughs> yeah. is playing with the team that he played, having Henderson playing more minutes than Jude Bellingham, yeah. have a, having a James Madison at left winger, I guarantee you people at home, England ain't 
gonna win the Euros in Germany. Okay, it's not gonna happen, and that's no. the, re- the 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 reasoning. That's what irritates me about Southgate. Like with the picks that Southgate did, I think Gareth Southgate should have started against Ukraine with Harry Kane, with Rashford, with James Madison, with Saka, with Rice, and with Jude Bellingham, with the players he selected. Makes no sense mm. to me. Jordan Henderson starting right now for England. That isn't the future, yeah. nor should be the president of England right now. I respect Henderson. I don't think he should not be called up, but should not start, in my yeah. point of view. And, Breton, tell yeah. me one national team right now with more potential and with more talent than England. Mm, Non-existent, I, I, right? I, I can't. I, I can't. I mean, France is close, but I can't. So that's what Gareth Southgate has to work with. Excellence. And he has to be at least a contender for the World Cup and the Euros next next year. That's That's what I'm saying. It frustrates me to see a player like Bukayo Saka that wins two seasons in a row. The best English player of the season, okay? Two seasons in a row. That is mad. And to see him being coached by Southgate and at international level. And then you see... Without Arsenal, with Arteta. A Ben White that is not even called up with Southgate Ben White. Don't take me wrong. We see Southgate now calling up Tomori, Lewis Stunk, Mark Gahey. Things that in the past didn't happen. I'm not going to defend the Calvin Phillips, though. (laughs) This season, at least. But there is is a lot of criticism and deserved criticism in my point of view. I'd even go to the stretch of, you see Ancelotti? He gets Jude Bellingham. You see uh, Southgate with Jude Bellingham, completely different, very limited. And Jude Bellingham played well in the World Cup, but we see now at Real the level that he can go with. So this makes me think Foden, Saka, uh, <laughs> Kane right now, yeah. the level that they could go with a world-class manager. Not not something uh, that we can see with Southgate. So this is, I had to I had to talk about this England talk, but tell us down below, what do you think about England, okay? Limited potential with Southgate, or am I overreacting, okay? And they're going to be a contender in the Euros, no doubt. Tell us but, in but it's, the comment it's, section. We want to know. Yes, please do. But it, it is, we, it's one thing to bring up an issue. It's another thing to bring up a solution. And nine months out, right, or 10 months out to Euro 2024 in Germany, um, would you even have the gall to replace a Gareth Southgate? Probably not. We're not even talking about that. It's not even necessarily on the record. Uh, But there has clearly been a national team that has felt (laughs) the desperation uh, take hold, right, Um, and have to make that switch. And I'm talking about none other than who? Germany, mate. Germany, mate. Yeah. That lose 4-1 mm. to Japan, and you're completely right, Bretson. Germany, mm. without a doubt, with Hansi Flick right now, with the team choices that he th- does, Schlotter back at left back, Schula starting, they would 100% not compete to win the Euro 2024 that they are hosting. That would be embarrassing. Yes. They lost to Japan 2-1 in the World Cup with a remontada. And now we say yeah. Japan deservedly beat Germany for one in their home soil. They cannot risk it to have another performance like they did in the World Cup now in the Euros at home. So that's why it's got to be. And listen, (laughs) the the fact that it didn't happen sooner is actually surprising because 4 1 to Japan with two of the goals coming in the 90th minute and beyond, fine. That's whatever. But this is not a one time thing. 
Okay, Hansi Flick has lost, had lost his last three games in charge. Four um, of their last yep. five matches, and he's won only two, two in their last ten, dating back to the beginning of the World Cup, which opened with that loss to, you guessed it, Japan. So the fact that this has not happened is more a testament sooner, meaning Hansi Flick getting let go. Mm -hmm. The fact that it didn't happen sooner is a testament to how Germany generally is used to what? long tenures of True. their managers, right? They, I think they have one of the fewest amount of managers in a, like a, a, a century-long uh, history. I think they've only had... Yeah, Yogi Love. I mean, hell, they might even bring him back if you're talking about nine months. Probably not going to happen. But listen, well, it's another thing where you've got this future of Florian Wirtz. You've got this future of Jamal Musiala, of Nico Schlatterbeck. Um, you've got a relatively good core that on paper you feel like should be doing well. And Hansi Flick, though he could do it with Bayern, could not do it with Germany. And they <laughs> looked despondent. They They looked... I mean, they look terrible for I the agree. for the majority of the game. A, a guy you you mentioned it with England. You mentioned it with England, so I'll, I'll draw the same parallel with Germany. A Gundogan looks insanely different with Germany than how he looks with Barca. And the obviously biggest previous difference to this, is Manchester that Stegen. City. That Stegen looks one of the best goalkeepers, if not the best goalkeeper in the world at Barcelona. But at Germany, yeah. he looks lost. No confidence yeah. with, the, with the setup in front of him. I'm not saying that Germany has scrubs at defense. But how are their sets up? Schule starting? No. Schlotterbeck and Rudiger. No doubt should be yeah. the duo starting. Watch Dortmund play. Even Emre Can. I'm not saying... I think Emre Can, look, he's a quality leader. He's a good midfielder. But if you have Kimmich, Kimmich, Gundogan, don't play Kimmich at right back. Simple things that you expect with excellence. So I'm going to repeat. I'm, I really believe Euros 2024, Germany knows they have to have a different team. And a different team, it was with a manager like Julian Nagelsmann. That, look, if yeah. Nagelsmann makes the choice to go and coach Germany, it's a bold choice in his career he's young and he could go to a champions league contending team with the t with the work he's done previously at bayern munich yeah. so it's a risk but i would like to uh, see uh, risks and bold choices Bretson. come on that would be uh, I, i'm with you <laughs> I, i'm with you but you want to know it would be bolder bolder mm. than hiring a german-born coach because germany tends to hire german-born coaches um what would be bolder is it time potentially to think about going foreign with their coaching hires? Now I've got nobody Ooh. in mind, oh. um, unless you're going to somehow, <laughs> unless you're going to somehow bring I don't know Dunga back or uh, you know I, I bring a Brazilian over and try that out for nine months. <laughs> no, I, I think I, I'll be honest. I think what's going to happen here, Alex, is they're going to let they're going to give Rudy Voller the reins. They're going to let the assistant coach maybe so. take it through. And uh, and I think that's probably the more prudent way to go about things. And Germany is generally known for prudence, um, at least ever since this rebuild. But this rebuild is flagging. It is not. This is not a Germany that you look at and you say, uh, oh, my gosh, I'm blinded by the potential. Right? Yes, you got Wirtz, you've got Musiala, but we can sit there and we can talk and poke holes in the rest of their developmental structure right mm -hmm. now, which we are not used to talking about these days. You, when you talk about Bundesliga stars, you're generally talking about what? Foreign-born stars in the Bundesliga. Right, right? now. Yes. So, right now, exactly. And so even that, Musiala that is, was developed in England. Mm -hmm. You're right. <laughs> At yep. Chelsea. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so, yep. even with that... It, 
And, and so, like, you don't, you're probably not going to reinstall Yogi Lowe. Uh, you're probably Nagelsmann is somebody maybe for after the Euros. I don't know. I, I, maybe maybe no. they're bold and they do that. But I, I just I just feel like there's only I mean there's only been I think like eleven coaches in a hundred year plus history of the German national team. Um, obviously, it's you know since been reunified and all of that stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. it is just unbelievable to me that Hansi Flick, who we all thought was just a really good hire for them, could not get it done. I mean, his his tenure is worse than than Jurgen Klinsmann's. And that's saying something. Okay. <laughs> so it, it really, really is interesting to me. But but the last we're time next. the last time we're... Yeah. The, but but they're almost in a very similar position to what what it uh, what happened in 2006, right? When they last hosted the World Cup, now they're going to host a Euros next year. They're almost in a similar position where it almost feels like a, a big dramatic rebuild of of Germany, and um, it, it's so weird to hear that considering um, how many names you and I have been looking at and and dropping on this podcast. And before that, on Instagram, for years and years and years of German internationals or youth internationals that just have not worked out. No, um, so they still I, have. A I good don't know, team. but they have Rudiger, Kimmich, Gundogan, players that will, yeah. I think, be highlights and leaders in the Euros. But I completely agree. It's it's interesting how it has the same feel in 2006 to now to 2024 with Germany. But that rebuild but, worked out quite well with a Thomas Muller too. And you said but, it, mate. Wirtz, yeah. Florian Wirtz, Jamal Musiala, these two are the future of Germany. And if Germany goes bold in the Euros, I'm 100% sure these two will be amongst the top three players of the team. I'm saying with that responsibility because Gundogan and Rudiger, yes, they're brilliant, but that extra brilliance of youth Now's the time they can show up to the world, Wirtz and Musiala. I really think that could well, be the case. No, I, I agree with you. And I think uh, if anyone's going to get it right again, it will be Germany. And uh, who knows? Maybe they can turn it around in nine months. Uh, they'll have the 12th man behind them or the country behind them. Uh, but listen, how much of this game was Germany playing eh? uninspired and how much of it was japan just playing great mm-hmm. phenomenally entertaining uh football and i just have to say it right now i i honestly do think that japan uh more than any other team in asia east asia you know uh, anywhere right in that afc um i believe that japan has what it's take to sustainably become a top 10 team uh, on the world stage moving forward. I mean, just look at that wing right now between Takafusa Kobo, uh, Kubo, who has is lighting up La Liga, uh, delivers two assists, or was it two goals? No, he, two uh, he, he two delivers two assists in, in less than 20 minutes off the bench, right? And you've got Matoma on the other side. Right. You've also got really underrated players that are just now mm-hmm. getting the love that they deserve in Daichi Kamada and Wataru Wataru Endo, mm-hmm. right? Who just signed for Liverpool. And you throw in uh Feyenoord's I I uh Ayase Ueda. Uh, uh you throw in Mor- Morita at Sporting, who I got to see in person, Nakamura, you've got Ito, you've got Doan. There is just enough firepower here that I'm gonna say it right now. I think Japan um, clearly is the Asian favorite um, to go the farthest in the 2026 World Cup. And before then, 
I think they're at the beginning stages of their developmental, um, maybe even a golden generation in the future. So I just love the way they played, and they deserve a lot of credit for beating up on Germany, not once, but a second time. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Project Blue Lock is happening in real life. And Takefusakubu, La Masia formed. Okay, Real Madrid have 50% of him uh, of his pass. Okay, so let's see what happens with him. But Takefusakubu, in his last seven games, he's got four goals, five assists, yeah. and against Germany, mm-hmm. 15 minutes, two assists. No doubt in my mind, the creativity of this <laughs> player is off the charts, and I agree with you. The future of Japan yeah. is in full display with Morita. With Hito, great player from Stadrems too. Ueda, mm-hmm. Kamada. Kamada was snatched up, okay? Elite free yep. agent this summer. And the wings with Mitoma and Kubu are going to be one of the best in the world in the international level with Japan. Brilliant. That is fucked. Tomayasu yep. is gaining confidence back, okay? Arsenal fans <laughs> should be happy seeing Tomayasu playing how he is at Japan. And Hendo was a great buy for Liverpool for 15 million. And he's the captain of Japan of this team. So this it's, it's it very, is. very interesting points. And yes, Japan w- are worthy of this shout out. And Germany, let's wait and see what they are going to do in the international level. It's, it's, it's mm. hard, mate. It's hard. But a team that changed their manager, okay? Ancelotti is not the manager of Brazil. <laughs> but we have an nope. interim manager. At least right now, he's seen as one. Fernando Diniz, the manager of Fluminense and the Brazilian national team. I'm very happy, mate, because I see a Brazilian national team that finally calls up Kai Henrique and Vanderson, okay? Baller fullbacks of AS Monaco. They they didn't start, and I think Kai Henrique will start ahead of Renan Lodi uh, in the near future, but seeing them called up is progress in my point of view. And Danilo or Vanderson at the right, that is good. That is progress, and yeah. Marquinhos and Gabriel Magalhães starting. That is fantastic news. I, I like this Brazilian national team with Fernandinich. How are you feeling? Ah, I, I mean, I'm feeling okay, but come on. We're FC Wonder Kid for a reason, and that average age of 28 is how I'm feeling. Uh, makes me feel old, but no, I, I, I understand. Caio Henrique, uh, I mean, Ibanez, seeing him get, get, the, get the run of form, or get the run of it. Uh, Mateus Cunha, even barely playing or barely doing well for Wolves, still getting a, a call-up. So I, I just think that... Striker's a problem, I agree. They have a lot more potential, uh, clearly. It's weird to say this because they beat up at home um, on Bolivia, as expected. Uh, but they clearly have the most potential, um, probably untapped potential, heading into the 2026 World Cup. And a, a lot of it, I was doing a little research on this because we're going to talk about Neymar in a second. Um, a little research on this, and guess how many goals there are between Rodrigo, Vinicius, and Gabriel Martinelli, uh, seemingly the, the future of the wingers um, in Brazil. Guess how many goals? Let's say maybe eight. Yeah, no, you're you're actually up. Uh, Price is right rules. You'd be actually uh, kicked out here. You're over. It's seven. <laughs> oh, um, and I think that's even one. after Rodrigo's brace <laughs> against oh. Bolivia. And that shocked that shocked me to no end because you're talking oh, now yeah. about a Neymar. Uh, doing it since he was 18 years old mm-hmm. with 79 goals surpassing the legendary Pele. And no, I don't think Neymar is necessarily better than Pele, but he has been scoring close to what? Eight, nine goals 
uh, a year, if not more than that. And uh, he's been doing it with regularity since he debuted against the United States at the Meadowlands um, when he was 18 years old. And we're now talking about Rodrigo. We're talking about Vinicius, 22, 21 years old. We're talking about Martinelli, just turned 22 years old, having not even 10% of that just yet. Now, that's probably more coaching than it is and, and how they use them in a tactical setup like um, than it is anything else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not yet. But it's just it's shocking to me because no, do I think that they're like a reincarnate of uh, of Neymar? No, I don't. But I did think that they'd have a much much bigger impact so far um, on the Brazilian national team than they have. And then you come to the curious case of Richarlison, who I think is at the uh... the nadir, the 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 bottom of his confidence levels. I don't think you can get any further below. Uh, getting substituted off hasn't had a goal since. Crying. Who knows when? Uh, crying. Crying on the bench, and it's tough to see. So, yeah, I feel like there's so much more this Brazilian team can do, and yet they won 5-1. You, so, but you said it. I complete, <laughs> I'm going to go with the first thing with Stryker. I believe Stryker is yep. the biggest problem of Brazil. Fullbacks will be an issue long-term, but Stryker right now is the biggest problem of the Brazilian national team. Richarlison, look, he's in poor form right now. Matheus Cunha coming off the bench. What?! They are hoping yep. Vitor Roque can deliver short-term for Barca and Hendrik, okay, when he goes to Real Madrid. That is the future they have yep. to rely upon. And players like Rodrigo, Neymar, those are the players that they have to rely on goals in the World Cup short form. But you talked about Neymar. Neymar, yeah. 13 years playing for the Brazilian national team. He's devoted, and he's one of the most talented players I've ever seen with my eyes playing football. To see mm -hmm. Neymar... All the potential to now have 17, 79 goals. I can say it. People still would expect him to have a better career. But look, he had yep. an elite career. Neymar, if you ask Neymar, would he have liked to win a Ballon d'Or in his career? Of course he'll say yes. But if you ask him yep. too, does he think that he did his best to get that? He'll say yes too. And he lived in an era of Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. And Neymar yet is going to be the all-time leading goal scorer of Brazil. And he's going to have, I think, a final shot in the next World Cup. Just like Cristiano Ronaldo too. Both, okay? I think we'll retire after that year. But 2026 will be a glorious year for football, at least internationally, with Neymar having this decisive moment too. But Neymar currently yeah. is ninth. Okay, in the top goal scorers internationally. The top three is Christian Ronaldo with 123 goals, mm. Aldai with 109 goals, and Lionel Messi with 104 goals for Argentina. Arge uh, Lionel Messi, wow. too, is the number one top goal scorer in South American international history, and now Neymar is second, too. So there's a lot, a lot to there go with go. that. And you mentioned the future, though, Breton, and I completely yeah. agree with you. Vinicius Jr., Rodrigo, Hendrik, Vitor Roque, and Martinelli are the biggest names mm. leading up, leading up to the World Cup in 2026. And I think yep. Fernando Nietzsche or Ancelotti, they're going to have to fix the striker problem. And when they do, Brazil will be again amongst the top two best national teams in the world because of the talent. Once again, how can we talk? Uh, like even Muscardo, I want to say special shout yeah. out to Muscardo that I believe is the future to replace Casemiro. I like André. Mm -hmm. I love André, okay, that he's called up 
uh, for the Brazilian national team. But pay special attention to this TDM of Corinthians with elite passing, defensive duels one on one. He's unreal in Barca. Come yeah. on. I see that you yeah. just go and get him. That who knows? <laughs> well, 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 watch out. Todd Boley is already contacted. Oh. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Come on. I mean, they've already got Andre Santos. They've got Angelo and they've got David Washington. But you think Chelsea is not going to collect another Brazilian <laughs> wonder kid in hope in hope that this this kid who does have you're going to you've heard it from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I guess, me going bold. But Gabriel Moscardo has higher potential than Casemiro. Whoa, definitely Casemiro was the best definitely. EDM for years. Uh, in football. I, uh, nope, I understand. I understand, and it's young, and it maybe it's it's a little bit easy to say because he's that young. But based on how good he is right now, at 18 years old, or having just turned 18 years old, uh, Moscardo, he has, uh, believe it or not, I think he's got more tools. It's just, of course, it's the next move. It's where he goes. It's whether or not he plays. Like it's Kizmiru. all that good stuff. It's true. He's more. Yes. Of a, he's more. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, plays yeah. like Busquets more than he plays like Casemiro, which is an interesting yeah. thing with Brazil. But listen, like. Endrick, you br- you brought up Endrick, okay? Um, Endrick is one that Endrick and and Vitor Roca are are should say two that I think have more of a potential to fill the vacuum uh, that Neymar when he does inevitably at some point after the 2026 World Cup step away from the Brazilian national team, uh, they have the potential to fill that goal scoring vacuum, right? Um, Endrick has not necessarily been scoring just yet, right? And he's approaching that age that Neymar uh, started scoring. I mean, Neymar had 12 goals in his first 22 caps for the Brazilian national team. Endrick has had a tough time scoring with regularity. That's not what makes him so good right now for Palmeiras. It's it's literally the fact that he fights for every ball as if it's the last ball. Um, he's been uh, that every defense wants to literally murder the kid when he's on the field, right? We've seen it. They, they, they literally go in. Just look up. I'm sure there's compilations true, out there of Endrick getting destroyed by defenders. I mean, just nasty 1990s football tackles on the kid. And he is going to be a kid that once he gets that scoring touch, once he you know gets that run of form, he will not stop. Vitor Roca, in, you know, uh, in, in a different kind of viewpoint, uh, he is currently... Uh, on a scoring run. I mean, 28 goal involvements in 41 appearances. He's just only gotten one cap for the Brazilian national team. And he's 18 years old now. So uh, it's that next move to Barcelona. He's the one following the track. Um, It's going to be one of those two guys that definitely fills in the vacuum for me um, when Neymar does finally uh, hang up his boots post-2026. But that's that's a long ways away. And even a lot can happen. Leonardo, William Estevão, there's a lot of talent coming from Brazil, <laughs> as you'd expect, okay? This is nothing yeah. new. But people, let us know down below, what do you think of the Brazilian national team in the future with what's coming? And how would you play now with Fernandinis? That is a new team in formation right now. But... <laughs> This is FC Wonder Kid. I'm Alex. Alex being Portuguese, I'd like to have a bit of a focus <laughs> with the Portuguese national team talk. And look, I have all praise with Roberto Martinez in the start of this era of Roberto Martinez with Portugal. We have five games, five wins. We have we have fi- uh, 15 goals scored and five clean sheets. Roberto Martinez still hasn't suffered one goal and I like to see in the last game Ruben Dias and Antonio Silva being the duo at the back. These two are the future of Portugal and they're made 
in Seychelles, both of them. I guarantee you, I'm mm-hmm. so hyped and <laughs> high expectations to know the next 10 years of Portugal. I know Antonio Silva and Ruben Dias are going to be in my defense. And then you have Gonzalo Inácio in the pipeline. You have other, other players that I am very excited. But Portugal, sure. Antonio Silva, Diogo Costa, Ruben Dias, Nuno Mendes coming up, Vitinha that finally, finally started in the last game. We have a lot of options, and we are contenders for the next Euros playing like this. And I know yeah. Roberto Martinez with Belgium had a lot of potential, and he never won the Euros. But right now, Ronaldo is on a mission. And Cristiano Ronaldo, if we win the Euros with him, that would be an elite way of saying I am one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo, with two Euros in my backing that look i i, I gotta say Bretton, you agree with me that we're mm-hmm. contenders <laughs> uh yeah i'd agree with you uh that you're contenders i disagree with you that it will be with cristiano ronaldo at striker why i think ronaldo ronaldo's playing really good fo- football right now uh i think Gonzalo ramos should be the one getting these run of games definitely okay Okay. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't, don't necessarily know why it's even that crazy of an idea to think that. I think there was even one time that you thought that too. I do. Um, I, I don't think Cristiano Ronaldo has been playing his be- best football for Portugal. He might be playing it for Al Nasser, scoring hat tricks left and right, some of them in friendly tournaments. But I don't necessarily think that Cristiano Ronaldo, um, at his current age and in his current form, uh, is the person that's going to win the Euros uh, in Germany next year, nine months from now. Um, I think this should be a run of form with Gonzalo Ramos, especially with this group. Especially with this group. The hardest... Um, fixture that you've had is Slovakia and you just beat them, right? And I'd argue that the second hardest is Luxembourg and you guys are the only ones that have actually figured out how to beat Luxembourg that well. Shout out to Luxembourg being phenomenal in this group, by the way. But Portugal in and of itself needs to be moving away from Ronaldo if they want to get to the best version of themselves. We're not talking about 28-year-old Ronaldo anymore, okay? Um, So I I don't say that out of disrespect, um, but I know that there's got to be there's got to be a school of people out there that are also obviously Portuguese um, that feel the exact same way. Um, I mean, your most important player is Bruno Fernandes, right? Uh, our most informed, um, I agree with you right now. Bruno Fernandes, yeah. playing for Portugal, he's the most informed player of our national team in the last year. The Portuguese Magnifico. That it's Look at this record. For Man United, 189 games, 65 goals, 50 assists, and for Portugal... He's got 58 games, 16 goals, and 13 assists. And I fully believe in the Euros, he's going to go both too. But you're talking about Ronaldo and Gonçalo Ramos. And look, right Mm -hmm. now in form, I I don't mind seeing uh, Ronaldo starting against Slovakia. I don't think he played badly against Slovakia too. And look, it's good news for you, I think, with this one. Gonçalo Ramos is going to start definitely the next game because... Uh, Portugal, uh, Christian Ronaldo is suspended of three yellow cards, okay? And yet, even being suspended, Christian Ronaldo went to the training session. And as he does, he acts like a leader. I fully believe if if Portugal wins the Euros in 2024, Mm -hmm. I disagree, Breton, with you. I fully believe it's with 
Cristiano Ronaldo in the team. Not starting, maybe, but definitely in the team. He's led by, he's, he's inspired this generation of Portugal. We, we are where we are because of Cristiano Ronaldo, in my eyes. And with Roberto Martinez, he's playing not the best football, but much better football than with Fernando Sanchez, in my opinion. Yep. I, 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 really, I really think that. Because, yes, the, like, the way he conducts himself still, he's, it's like a sure. champion. And I of see course. the youth that we have. I see João Félix, João Cancelo, that they too had zero minutes, but they got the call-up. And I don't disagree that they should have been called, but they have mm. the trust of the manager. And I think Ronaldo has deserved the trust of the manager for what he's done for our national team, being the captain at 24-2 yeah. when he was. And this generation well, is learning from him right now. Well, I, I agree Um yeah, I mean, I do agree, obviously, with the leadership qualities. Obviously, been there, done that, and uh, he's got five goals in qualifying. But again, in a relatively easy group that you guys should be uh, kicking the crap out of these teams, five which you teams. are, and and you have, and you, and, and that's exactly right. And I agree with you. You started by mentioning just uh, plaudits that are that are needed for. Uh, the future center back pairing or the present center back pairing of Ruben Diaz uh, and Antonio Silva and the depth there, because that is going to be probably, um, you know, reason number one, why Portugal wins uh, the Euros in 2022 next season. Reason number two, I think it needs to be Gonzalo Ramos in front of Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo still giving that those leadership quality uh, minutes off of the bench and getting starts here and there is number two. And number three is Roberto Martinez needs to figure out how to unlock for Portugal the best of Rafa Leal. I mean, he's the X factor for you guys. He is the X factor for you in Germany uh, next summer. And I don't think he has played his best yet uh, for the Portuguese national team. And I, I ask you, do you think that, th that there's a possibility that he can um, bring that Serie A, that Scudetto-winning form uh, two seasons ago to the Portuguese national team, or do you feel like the, the setup is just not there for him? That's an excellent question, because like it shouldn't be Bruno Fernandes, the best player of the Portuguese national team. It should be Rafael yeah. Leão, in my point of view. I agree. He has the most potential and the most expectations, too. I think in order to Rafael Leão to be his best, I think he needs Nuno Mitch mm -hmm. behind him. First things first. Okay. And I was quite surprised to see Roberto Martinez playing at four at the back. I think it benefits more Rafa Leão and Vitinha too, this change of formation. So I, I, mm. like, I like how you're pointing that out. And I think seeing this change of formation happening now before the Euros, it shows that we have more to our locker. And we're working a lot in trainings to have this in our locker room with four, four, having a 4-3-3 or can snatch in and then having the five at the back. But... One thing stays, João Palhinha. João Palhinha for the Portuguese national mm. team is locked in starting. Bruno Fernandes, João Palhinha, those two are definitely going to start. And that is our future in, uh, in oh. midfield, okay? But, and but Alex, who, and who, who's your third? Who's your third? I'd say Vitinha. <laughs> uh, you say Vitinha? I, I, well, I, I, I think you... I think you know what I might be getting at here. Ah, do you still hold out? Yeah, do you still uh, hold out that he should be in the Euro squad next look, summer? Look, Mateus Nunes wasn't called up uh, to this selection, mm. okay? this. So mm. we are stacked with what we have right now. But look, my prediction is that I fully believe João Neves will make himself to be in that national team in the Euros, okay, with how he's going to play cool. for Benfica. Have I seen it? Yeah. No. 
will I see it or do I believe that I will see it? I believe Jonet will go bold. So that, right. it's a prediction for the people at home. But tell me if you agree. And don't forget to like this video for more Portugal content. And Cristian Ronaldo debates here. Because you guys oh, yeah. you guys deserve the best the best community. <laughs> well, wait, but like yeah. we talk about Portugal. But there are other teams, national teams that went bold. And the future of Spain is when... No, the future of Spain depends on the future of Barcelona. Because when Barcelona yeah. is strong... For sure, Spain is strong. And we see Pedri, Gavi, Balde, and now Lamine Yamal, the youngest to play yeah. for Spain, and now for to score two. Thank you, Xavi, for trusting the youth. And Lamine Yamal, don't forget, is the youngest to play for Barca in their history, too. So yep. big ups yep. to Xavi. <laughs> and, I, and I think that the fact that the four of the five youngest players ever to play for Spain right mm. or youngest when they debuted uh being barca products oh. right uh I, I think that speaks volumes i mean you're talking about lamina mall you're talking about gavi you're talking about ansu fati and you're talking about boyan kirkic who i know is the lost wonder kid but he was developed at la mesia too and uh my goodness uh lamina mall is now also the third youngest player ever to score for a european nation and the two youngest like younger than him they were from like i don't know the 1890s and the early 1900s so the fact that they're even involved in this type of you know age counting makes no sense and yes the caveat there i believe is um is well no i mean he's the youngest player ever to play for a european nation here let's let's rephrase it laminia mall is the youngest player to play for a european nation in over 115 years oh that's a there you go one. That's a mad one. That's a better framing of it. Yeah, he it's scored, it's, it's he pretty. Scored Sixteen years to score. And Fifty-seven days. To score. That is mad. Yeah. Okay, it's <laughs> someone so young. Lamina Mal in 2025 yep. will be turning 18. Will be turning oh, 18. That's the expectations and a future of Barca with Lamina Mal. With, Fe, uh, with not, I was going to say Ferran Torres, but boy, oh boy, Pedri, Gavi, and Balde, that is the hope. Yeah. What am I saying? But Ferran could go bold. We never know. Luis de la Fuente could be, <sighs> could be co cooking something. But yes, I said the name yep. of Xavi. Xavi will be extending with Barca until 2025. It's, and as long as Xavi is the coach of Barca, Spain will be thriving, okay? At least for the present and future in my point of view but you have other players that i think not barca uh, related mm -hmm. right now in their development like dani Olmo, okay he was barca academy but there's a lot of good players in the spanish national team for the future that didn't come from barca like the likes of nico williams okay brother mm -hmm. of Inaku mm -hmm. williams and jeremy pino too from villarreal okay i think those two players yeah. are very interesting and i want to give a special credit to dani Olmo. Because Dani Olmu is balling out for Leipzig and he will be in the Euro squad and can have a hand too. Even Asensio. Asensio is like kind of, kind of underrated because everyone expected Asensio to be top five player in the world. But Asensio didn't, isn't having a bad career. Okay. Yeah. And we have to remember that this, this squad, um, Spain, is just starting to mm -hmm. cook. 
um, and uh, to him, I, I wouldn't say, well, yeah, no, it's it's embarrassing. Um, 7-1 win over Georgia, and Georgia is seen as a, a squad that probably shouldn't be losing 7-1 to anyone right now, um, especially with Caveradana um, in the 11 for them, and unfortunately the luck, or whatever you want to say, the sheen has worn off, the shine has worn off uh, of Kavaratskilia, um, because unfortunately for club and country, um, I think he is getting exposed. Right now, I'm not going to say it's fraudulent. I'm not going to say it's anything like that. But mm-hmm. Spain to to beat them seven to one, um, that is that is saying something, is that it not? Georgia Kvaratskhelia, uh, like you mentioned, Kvaratskhelia has yeah. zero goals in tw- in his last 22 games right now, and he had three mm. assists in the meantime. Kvaratskhelia isn't performing right now, and to see him ahead of Rafael Yao and others. Like I can't say that it's, right now. It's 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 a hard mm. debate right now. But tell us down below what you think about Spain and if you agree that they're going to be contenders in the Euros. It's it's a talk. But, but definitely. But favorites. Alex. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But Alex, favorites. if we're talking about Group A here, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you think they're definitely favorites in Germany next year? I would agree with you. I, is that what you were about to say? France, Spain. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Spain but, ain't but I don't want to leave. But, but Alex, I don't want to leave Group A yet without at least mentioning who's actually top of Group A. Mm. Because it's not Spain with two less games played. Um, but even if they win their, win their next two games, they are still behind this team. Who is top of Group A with five wins in five games and with Lionel Messi essentially leading the Oh, I mean, Scott McTominay leading the line. Who is top of Group A? It's Scotland, right? 12 win or 12 goals scored, one goal conceded. Scott McTominay is a co-joint leader of all of Euro qualifying with six goals. Um, and currently Scotland stands top. I'd be very surprised if they don't qualify after this humongous start for them. But it's Scotland and Spain. If Spain wins their next two, they're on 12 points. Scotland's on 15. And we've got Erling Holland and Martin Odegaard in the mud because Norway is not going to a Euros. It's a very realistic possibility here, and it's because Scott McTominay has turned into prime Leo Messi for Scotland when it comes to Euro qualifying. It, it's really, really impressive stuff. So Spain, yes, blitzing Georgia 7-1. to one. Scotland beating the teams that they need to beat, beating Spain, beating Norway already. That's really impressive stuff, and, and long may it continue because um, it, it's about time that we, we shake things up a little bit. Scotland, though? At the top of Group A when this came out was the furthest thing from my mind. Furthest thing from my mind. Uh, But it's really impressive stuff. It's a new Scottish team with Scott McTominay leading the way. It's so sad that he's still at Man United playing the way he does. Unwanted, exactly. Just like Donny van de Beek and other players or even Maguire. Scapegoats for the problems at the club right now. But yes, we're mentioning Scotland that yes, they have five wins, but... For me, the favorites of the Euros in 2024 will be France, no doubt. Mm. Just like Portugal with zero goals suffered, France have zero goals suffered. And with Greece, Ireland, tough, tough international teams, they're playing extremely well and dominating as we expected. Five five wins, uh, they have 11 goals and zero goals suffered. But I want to say, I see so many people if seeing start bench cells with Haaland, Mbappe, Bellingham, and people saying sell Mbappe, 
Sell, the captain of France at 24. Sell, the yeah. all-time leading goal scorer of PSG. Sell, a player that has won the World Cup and scored in a World Cup final when he was under 19. <laughs> and Sell, a player that scored a hat-trick in the final in the last World Cup. That, yes, he was overshadowed by Messi, but that was who overshadowed Mbappe at 24. Lionel Messi. So if there's a star yeah. bench cell with Holland, Mbappe, and Bellingham, I'm for sure never, never selling Mbappe ever. Okay, in this case, I wanted to say that because there's a lot of people like mentioning that and disrespecting Mbappe at such a young age. Yeah. And well. and the future of France is with the future of Real Madrid. Chuameni and Kamavinga will be key yeah. pieces. And come on. If you go to Real Madrid, Mbappé, you are a Ballon d'Or favorite every year. And especially with this French national team that has a high influence of Real. And geez, the future of the France, the midfield, I believe, yeah. Bretton, will be Chouameni, will be Kamavinga, and will Warren <laughs> Zaid Emery. That is balling out yeah. for the under-21 teams. He is the captain of that team that is coached by Thierry, and that will be the yeah. midfield in the near future. Zaid Emery, oh, Kamavinga, and Chouameni. And that's the thing. is we're, we're You look at the senior international lineup, and then you look at the U21 Euro qualifying lineup, and you're <laughs> like, half of these guys could actually, you know, sub in right to these these your Euro, senior european qualifying games and it really wouldn't be that much of a drop in quality um but the fact that a 17 year old um under thierry Henry uh walks into u21 euro qualifying uh and automatically becomes captain or shows Henri enough to become captain is just bonkers and he's done the same with louise enrique um, at PSG. I mean, he had sort of set himself in to a starting lineup, but Warren, Warren Zaire Emery is very clearly, um, you know, the future or <laughs> one of an insanely bright, not surprising future um, of France from here to here to come. But come on, that's Shuamani goal, dude. <laughs> that's Shuamani goal. Um, there's just a lot to like here. It's whether or not they get in their own way when it comes to Germany next summer. It's that that's really it. It's whether or not France beats beats themselves. Um and uh you or know Portugal. we've we've seen it we've seen <laughs> we've it before seen it. Portugal we've seen it or before Port 2016 when Eder scored that goal. Just imagine a reboot of history but instead of Eder mm. Christian Ronaldo. That would be oh. one of the best memories of my lifetime if that happens. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the increase in the increase. Uh, I can't believe Eder. I mean, just frozen in time. Uh, nothing else to talk about when it comes to Eder, but that one goal, it just sets him up for free drinks for the rest of his life easily. <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's but true. yeah, no, I agree. And, and France though, perennial favorites from here on out, uh, until somebody proves otherwise. Uh, but another team in Group B that you need to be on the watch for is very clearly we saw it in the World Cup a little bit. Um, and I know you don't like Komen at charge, but uh, the Netherlands look very good too. Eh. But yes, this is about France. And until France beats themselves or until another team arises uh, to slay the dragon, France is my favorite uh, next summer in Germany. And look, we all, we all have to mention in a French video that Griezmann is still playing, and Griezmann is one of the yeah. most underrated players in the world, playing under Didier Deschamps. The, the role he plays, that free role, is absolutely elite. And Mbappe is the captain at 24 with histor historic players like Griezmann yeah. and Olivier, Gi Olivier Giroud, that is the French all-time leading goal scorer, too. 
but we all know that Mbappe yeah. eventually will be will be surpassing that tally. But let us know oh, what sure. do you think about the French national team, and don't forget to like this video. But yes, we yeah. got a big topic, Bretton. You want to talk about the big topic? <laughs> I think we need to talk about the big topic. Yeah, and um, I assume we're going to be talking about the Copa Trophy because that's what I. No, I'm just we kidding. will. <laughs> we no, no, no. But we will definitely talk about the Copa Trophy. But the Ballon d'Or. The debate right now it's is here. clear, and it's on between mm. Holland and Lionel Messi. Before we get to it, don't forget to like this video for more videos just like this. And comment down below, who do you believe will be winning this Ballon d'Or? And I, look, I am a Cristiano Ronaldo fan, but me being a Cristiano Ronaldo fan doesn't invalidate me of clearly respecting the greatness of Lionel Messi in this World Cup. I put Lionel Messi, my winner of the Ballon d'Or, and the people that mm -hmm. say that he doesn't deserve, I have a name here. Look, mate, the moment I see a man like Clo uh, Craig Burnley of ESPN saying, close the shop, if Holland uh, lo loses the Ballon d'Or to Messi, you close the shop by saying that Messi doesn't deserve to win the Ballon d'Or. That is disgraceful and ungrateful towards the history you saw in November with Argentina and Lionel Messi winning the World Cup. And he wasn't that bad all season two. PSG, Neymar. Look how Neymar looked in his career at PSG. Don't blame Messi for the bad form of PSG. It ain't happening. And I think PSG will be better now with Mbappe. But Messi was still elite last season. Embarrassing. Um, I'm with burning. you. What the it, hell? Listen, I, I have... But... Huh. I am not going to be in the same camp as Craig Burley here. I am not. Uh, but I am the one that has said previously, you know, listen, Lionel Messi has been the best player in the world before and not won the Ballon d'Or. Um, obviously, if this was not a World Cup season, right, which it was, it was. So we can't necessarily change that fact. But if this was not a World Cup season, Erling Holland would be winning hands down right True. now. 52 goals. The treble all in his first season. All in his first season at Manchester City, uh, rewriting the record books of one of the most prestigious leagues on the planet. Mm -hmm. um, and it, all literally with 200 million plus people. I don't know where I got that number from. Um, you know, watching this guy on a regular basis. I just, Erling Holland can't do any better mm -hmm. except if somebody put him in the World Cup. Uh, with Norway, which, you know, wasn't ever going to happen because you can't re rewrite their terrible qualifying campaign. Um, so it just, it stinks I that Erling Haaland does what he does in his first season uh, when Lionel Messi, um, you know, gets that World Cup multiplier, as he should, as he should, the I, World Cup. Mm -hmm. Anyone out there saying that the World Cup was easy, that it was a cakewalk, that, that, that they, you know, that Argentina... Uh, it, that it was written in stone that Argentina was going to win this thing. Mm -hmm. That's completely false. Exactly. No, they won the World Cup on their own merits, and I get there being a World Cup multiplier. What I'm lamenting is the fact that this 52-goal this season under Erling Haaland um, came at this exact time. Messi so, yes, I still have... goals, 25 assists in one season, and he scored in every, no, knockout, every knockout game for Argentina in this World Cup. The dreamlike scenario the of winning... The World Cup yeah. happened. That's it. And I'm not going to say but that listen. Holland is a better footballer than Lionel Messi. 
And if Holland was a better no, no. footballer, no doubt, he no. would be scoring in the semifinals and in the finals of the Champions League. Yes, I think he was I'm vital gonna... in order to win the Champions League, but seven Man City players are nominated to win the Ballon d'Or. That was the clear impact no... of Pep Guardiola and no John Stones is embarrassing. And no John Stones. There should be eight. It is I completely agree with you, Bretson, with uh... that, okay? But and, and another thing, we have other players that is embarrassing. No Rashford? Nominated for yeah. the Ballon d'Or with 41 goal yeah. involvements. I understand he, the best Rashford was after the World Cup. But still, he sure. was vital for United to win a trophy and to go to the, to, to the Champions League. Look how they're playing yeah. now with Rashford playing striker instead of left wing where we saw him strive last season. And another player that is embarrassing, Alisson, not nominated for the Yashin Trophy. And I see Ramsdale. Ramsdale yeah. ahead of him. And I love Bryce Samba, okay? He's underrated. I, love, I agree. And I like him being called up for France behind but Mike no Magna. Way. But no way is he ahead of Alisson. No, way. <laughs> no, no way. way. So there's embarrassing yeah. shouts that happen in this Ballon d'Or. And my last one is Rafael Leão. Rafael Leão isn't a worse footballer than Colomani, than Kvaratskhelia, than Lautaro Martinez. Rafael Leon deserves to be in the Ballon d'Or uh, nominations because Issa Milan were in the semi they were in the semifinal of the Champions League. Don't forget that yeah. goal, that moment against Napoli. He did the whole left wing. That's Rafael Leon's impact. And special oh. shout out to Arsenal. Arsenal that have yeah. Martin Odegaard and Bukayo Saka both nominated for the Ballon d'Or. They deserve to be in those nominees and shows the progress and the work that has been done in these last three years with Arteta. Progress and expectations to be involved, okay, in the knockout stages yep. of the Champions League and to be in the title race of the Premier League. That's deserved to have those two there in the nominees, Bukayo Saka and Odegaard. Okay, <laughs> okay so I've got your – I've got – yeah, no, no, I'm I'm with you. Um, but it is very clear. Uh, UCL, there's a UCL multiplier, unsurprisingly, and there's a World Cup multiplier here, right? Because um, if you got Yas Yasin uh, Bono in there, but also he he won what he won came back. Sevilla was in a relegation scrap, and he winds up winning. Uh, the Europa League um, with an automatic bid to the Champions League um, with Sevilla and and Morocco's run to the semifinals. Um, but very clearly, uh, there are some on here that you could argue um, until you're blue in the face. Uh, but, you know, the one that I'm looking at here that we're probably never going to see again. Um, and it's it's weird for me to say this, but Luka Modric, you know, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's probably the last year we're ever going to see him um, on a Ballon d'Or shortlist. Um, so it's nice. Nice to see that. I, I think he's going to 20 years that we don't see Christian Ronaldo. Breton. That's, well, that's true. But that's not a snub. Right. You wouldn't characterize that as a snub. Not right now. No, but it's sad. OK. <laughs> I know. Oh, it doesn't make it any less sad. No, I'm with you there. Um, but it, it will it will be the last time. And you're probably not going to see Ronaldo. I mean, it's going to have to be Euro. It's going to have to be Euro. If Luka Modric can can actually get Croatia over the hump, um, I guess he should be on the Ballon d'Or shortlist um, again next season, regardless of whether or not he plays spot minutes for Real Madrid moving forward. Um, and it's the same with Ronaldo. Ronaldo at Al Nasser is not really going to necessarily factor into much. But yes, if, like you said, he scores the Ader goal in extra time or in injury time. No, it was extra time. Um, 
if if he does that, then but hey, he'll be back there. He'll be back there. But no, listen, I, I think for the most part, the the my messy Holland thing. Okay, mm-hmm. my biggest issue is if if the Ballon d'Or was fair, right? Uh, then Messi and Ronaldo would win like ninety percent of these things over the last whatever. They did, however many years, right? <laughs> they they still did. Uh, but I'm just saying they they would have won more, frankly. Um, and we all know what years we're talking about, but we're, we're, we don't need to relitigate the past. Uh, but what I'm saying is, uh, this year would be a good year for another one of those to happen. Does not change the fact that Leo Messi, uh, was ridiculous at the World Cup. Um, it does not change the fact that he probably does deserve his eighth Ballon d'Or. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I just... I don't know if we're going to see Erling Holland hit for 52 again, uh, even though he's off to the off the mark again. He's ready to go off to the races. Um, it just I it pains me you. because I, I, I don't think Norway's not qualifying for the Euros. <laughs> again, that that's just shows. that's my thought process. And here. I think Holland I will grow himself to becoming a no doubt Ballon d'Or winner. But to say right now, I I. I Craig Burnley, how can this man say that Messi yeah, is undeserved? To win a Ballon d'Or is completely lunatic right now to say that. I cannot, yeah. I cannot help to say this. And even seeing what he's doing, I'm not saying Lionel Messi does not deserve. Lionel Messi doesn't deserve the Ballon d'Or for what he's doing in the U.S. He deserves it for what he did in the World Cup. That's what the Ballon d'Or yeah. counts right now. The last season. It's not this one. So people that say Holland scored two more goals this week weekend, he deserves more. Are you mad? It's last season's count. So whoever says that it that they deserve more or less because of what they're doing just now, that is not the case. But tell us down below. And listen, do you believe that Messi yeah. will be getting the eighth Ballon d'Or? <laughs> tell us, Bretson, this is the big talk. <laughs> he will be. He will be. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm yeah. Um, I've already said my piece about the Holland thing, but I think he will be getting his eighth Ballon d'Or for sure. But it, for me, this wouldn't even be a question for anyone, even Craig Burley, if the World Cup happened when the World Cup normally happens. Ah, right? nice it one. It's true. If the World yeah. Cup was in the summer, Craig Burley wouldn't be saying what he said. Yes, that he closed the shop yeah. if Bessie wins the Ballon yeah. d'Or. Lunatic. <laughs> so completely agree, yep. mate. Completely agree with that. But let us know in the comment section if you agree with me and Bretson and like this video for more messy Ballon d'Or content yeah. just like this. But yes, woo, <laughs> Copa Trophy. This list is beautiful, beautiful to read. Yeah. And I even see that Taylor Swift has an effect and who's going to win the Copa <laughs> Trophy, okay? But for the people at home, the Copa Trophy in 2018 was won by Kylian Mbappé. In 2019, De Ligt. In 2020, Pedri. 2021, Gavi. Uh, I mm. said it right. And... In 2023, let's wait and see who's going to win it. No, I said 2020, but there was no Copa Trophy. 2021. Exactly. 2021, 2022. You got it. So Barca 3-peat? Is that what you're looking for here? Barcelona 3-peat? I think that's not going to happen. And But I think, yeah, I don't think it that will. before this move of Jude Belling and Terriel, Balde winning it was a real thing. And to see it the was. possibility of a 3-peat in the Copa Trophy for Barca just shows the talent that they have. Gavi has won it, Pedri yep. has won it, and Valde will be the runners-up, in my point of view, with Jude Bellingham winning it. And next year, Breton, yep. Lamin Yamal winning the Copa Trophy. He's right now favorite. Yep. <laughs> He's right now uh, favorite. He, 
he could he could be he could be uh Shavi Simmons though man um I don't know what more you got to do uh obviously Jude Bellingham had the better season he got all the plaudits for it but Shavi Simmons nobody nobody had that kid going to the ear to playing for a, a very solid team like PSV Eindhoven and being co-golden boot leader um at the end of the season and a quick reminder here uh that Shavi Simmons was in fact uh spent a little under a decade um at La Mesia Right. Um, he is, in fact, considered a Barcelona developed talent um, that is now uh, already making the Bundesliga relatively light work with RB Leipzig. So I uh, just had to shout him out simply because, yeah, I mean, I think it is going to be Jude Bellingham in first. Um, and, you know, you think Balde in second or you I'm think Gabi and Pedro? One of I'm those two. I'm going to put Musial in second. Sorry. I said runners up. Balde, really, though? But I'm going to put I no. I think he should be. I'm not going to say it's going to happen. Yeah. Balde's ascension okay. will take a lot of people's attention on Jamal Musiala for runners-up behind Jude Bellingham. Jamal Musiala last season had 47 games, 16 goals, 16 assists, and he Damn. scored the goal that led to Bayern Munich winning the Bundesliga. And Jamal Musiala was the best player for Germany in the World Cup. He it should be one in the top three of the Copa Trophy, minimal minimal in my eyes yeah. for, for the importance he has already for his national team. So yeah, I think, I think he deserves it. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm, and I mean, I'm looking here, you know, Antonio Silva, it's going to uh, take a move for him to win a Copa trophy and he'll probably, he'll probably be aged out by the time uh, so. we're, we're giving out a Copa trophy to Antonio Silva, but uh, they, hey, Jamal Muziala finishing second after he was snubbed. Last year, I'd, I'd say that's a that's a pretty good development for him, but just completely unfortunate once again. Uh, Musiala is still out, right? Still out injured, uh, coming back from a torn muscle fiber, I think. Um, but you just want to see him back, and I'm sure he'll get back to to his best. But, but yeah, um, re rehashing the stats that he put out last year, um, I I actually needed that update uh, um, because it, in recency effect right jamal musiala has been i get you kind of non-existent i get you as of I late get you. And uh, was, so that that was that was needed and Wirtz was very yeah. important for uh, germany even though they lost to japan he was one of the best players in that field but you mentioned antonio silva yeah. <laughs> and i want to say antonio silva mm -hmm. is un seeing antonio silva in this copper trophy list makes me so happy because he deserves to be in that list. Befica beat PSG, Juve in the Champions League because Antonio Silva was there next to Otamendi. He had a key yep. role and he's the only center back in this list. Next to the likes of Balde that are elite and Camavinga if we consider him fullback too. So those are the defenders of the Copa Trophy that Antonio Silva deserves to be amongst them. Antonio Silva that yeah. didn't, win, didn't win the best youngster in our league. It was Ivan Jaime that went now to Porto. That's an interesting youngster for the people at home to put uh, to remember. But Antonio yeah. Silva deserved that award in my eyes. Okay, he was the most important player and, for Benfica. Yeah, uh, and uh, I guess with the Copa Trophy, it just kind of you see it in stark contrast to to everything else here, right? Mm -hmm. You see a lot of La Liga, you see Bundesliga, you see Benfica, <laughs> right? So you see the Primera Liga, you see the Eredivisie, and I get it. There's one Lyon, okay? The only Premier League, technically, yes. uh, right now is, is Rasmus Winterholland, but he obviously did not get there on the merits with what he did with Manchester United yet. Um, he 
got there um, for his uh, role yeah. with Sturm, Sturmgratz and with Atalanta. Um, so it's just really Denmark. interesting to me. Uh, oh, and Denmark. You're right. You're right. 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 Five in his first five caps or five in his first whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I would love to see. This is just a, a short-winded way of saying I would love to see more Premier League ballers get their chance here. I really would. Um, you know, Jacob Ramsey, I guess, could have could have been up here at some point. I mean, some of some people could even call for a guy like Rico Lewis, who played a big part, um, or a small Levi Colville, still big maybe. part. Let's say Levi and Colville. Levi maybe. Colville, sure. Or yeah, but like, Ferguson come on, there should season. be more here. Evan Ferguson, exactly. There should be. be, and you're right. He could be. He could be. Um, but it is just something that you, you see here, and it's something that you want to see change. And I know it's hard to change yeah. when when every everything is about the the products, everything is about what is being sold, and there's a reason why they're the highest revenue uh, league on the planet uh, by far. Um, but it, it just comes down to the fact that uh, I, being as biased as I am, uh, as co-host of FC Wonder Kid podcast, would love to see more Premier League names and talents. Um on this Copa Trophy list. And also, I got to say this, and I got to scream it from the mountaintops. Why is there not a Copa Trophy for the women? Because Linda Caicedo deserves an award for herself, frankly. Um, And that could have been an incredibly easy follow-up to what was an insanely successful Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. And uh, I feel like they dropped the the ball on that one. Linda Caicedo deserves a Copa Trophy. Um, and I think you and I should make one and send it to her. What do you think? <laughs> great, great player at Real Madrid that balled out for Colombia. I love that shell, Fritzen. But I don't agree with you. To see more Premier League t- players right here, I'm more than fine with who, with one player there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Me I know. being honest. I'd be, I'm surprised if there's no... Maybe more uh, League 1, because there's a lot of talents to go from League 1 to the Premier League. But let us know, what are you thinking on the Copa Trophy? Who will win it in your eyes? Is it Jude Bellingham? Is it Balde? Or is it a bold take with, like, Antonio Silva or Xavi Simas? Let us know and like this video for more videos just like this. But we're FC Wonder Kid, and we have Wonder Kids that we want to shout here at the end of this podcast. And we got one. Amara Diouf. What? Yes. How does someone born mm. in 2008 play for his national team at 15 years and 94 days old? That is elite. Yeah. Shout out to Senegal yep. to make that happen. <laughs> oh, seriously. And he's the youngest to play. Amar Diouf is the youngest to play for Senegal by over two years. By over two years. It's 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 not even close, right? And that's 15 to 17 we're talking about here. Um, but he's also the youngest player to make his international debut for a country ranked in the top 50. Um, and he's the youngest to do so since Martin Odegaard. Um, now, we do understand and the topsy-turvy road that Martin Odegaard took to get to where he is now at a nice home um, at Emirates Stadium uh, with Arsenal. Uh, so hopefully Amara Diouf has a much more linear path uh, to start him. But let's be honest, like Chelsea's already after him, uh, Real Madrid, Barca, you name it, they're looking at Amara Diouf, and he is just another one in a long line of great uh, generation foot uh, players 
that include, if I'm not mistaken, most recently Pape Matarsar, who's coming into his own for Tottenham. Uh, I believe Ismaila Sar, who's doing well for Marseille after a weird time with Watford, and then Sadio Mane. Okay, so this is a really, really interesting development, and it's just crazy that this 15-year-old made his way into an AFCON qualifying game um, the same weekend that Lamine Yamal uh, comes in for Spain, who would also be eligible for Morocco, wow. right? Um, so it's cr it's crazy to see. Um, yeah, Afcon deserves more praise uh, for giving these chances um, to these players. But Amara Diouf is one that everybody, not surprisingly, is just insanely high on. So I only hope they leave him alone until he gets to like eighteen, so this kid can just ball out. Please. Fuck, Fuck. like what um, a what a talent. But we'll see. I'm shook. I we'll was see. shook. I was shook when I saw that one. Mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yes, anything else, Brett? It is. Really it's it's crazy. About? No, I mean, th I think that was really the only one. A, a quick shout out to Antonio Nusa. Um, mm -hmm. Just, you know, at yes. Norway, uh, another piece of that, that puzzle. Uh, I, I think it just stinks that they're in the group that they're in right now, and Scotland's going absolutely insane. Uh, but Antonio Nusa, on his debut, had a goal and an assist. Uh, against Jordan, um, and at 18 years old, uh, he's already been balling for Club Bruges, so he's another one that people are going to be chasing after, um, and another piece of the puzzle that might one day get Odegaard and Holland to a World Cup. Um, but the only other shout I just wanted to say, because we didn't even mention it amidst the Leo Messi talk for the Ballon d'Or, come on, that goal, right? That goal against uh, that goal against Ecuador uh, for their World Cup qualifying kind of opener there. Uh, really, really nice, but that was not actually the story on the day, Alex. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Inter-Miami, in his absence, can win a game, <laughs> and uh, they have won without him, and that's because they've got Busquets, it's because they still have Jordi Alba, and because they have Leo Campagna scoring goals. England national team, Portugal, France, Spain, Ballon d'Or talk. We spoke about so much, but don't forget to like this video for episode 123, the Monday show that will be out next week. And don't forget to comment your thoughts about every topic that we discussed this podcast. Thank you for going bold another week with FC Wonder Kids.